Welcome to the Athletics uh, PGA Championship live room. We're, we're going to wait for some more people to join the room. I have Dennis Esser, our golf betting expert, with me. We're going to go through our favorite picks for the week, obviously, talk about the course in Tulsa, Southern Hills uh, Country Club. And then we're going to have, um, we're going to go through some prop bets. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about Tiger props. And then we're going to go through some of Dennis's best bets for the weekend. So we're excited here, and we'll get started here in a second. I know we're seeing other people come into the room. Um, the best policy, just like kind of, if you have questions, just drop, drop them in the chat, and Dennis and I will get to them eventually. We're going to go through kind of the course, the top 20, top 10 favorite bets, and then we're going to – we'll pick our winners, and then we're going to we'll, – we'll go through your questions right after that before we, we dive into the Tiger and uh, other props that we like this week. Um, Dennis, how are you feeling about the PGA Championship this week? I'm real. I love that it's moved to May. I love the course. Um, I think Southern Hills is going to be a great championship um, course for everyone to play. I think it's going to be beautiful to look at. I think it's going to be a good test of golf. So I'm really excited for this week. What are you, as we kind of get started here, what are you thinking about the course and how it works? Um, and what have you noticed kind of from the early coverage this week? Obviously, players are out there playing practice rounds yesterday, and they had their press conferences yesterday and today, so we kind of get some insight into the course. Yeah, I mean, I, I like what Max Holma said. I think, you know, he said it was one of the best courses he's ever played, and that was only through the front nine, um, which right now with Holma being so in tune off, you know, with his irons and off the tee, I think that's really interesting. I think a lot of guys are peaking right now coming into the PGA Championship. Most years it's August. A lot of it's the dog days. You know, now we're, we're moved to May. And you have guys that are peaking because it's we're right after the Masters. So they're, they ramp up their schedules for this time of year. So I think there's a lot of guys that are, are at their top of their game and are going to love this course because of the similarities to the Masters. Um, the beauty of it, the fast greens, the the way it's going to really show who's hitting the ball the best and controlling their golf ball. Um, the only real interesting thing as far as I can tell is the first two days is the wind and how that plays into account with some of these guys. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at the wind forecast for um, Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, and it looked like the – the players who could be in that late afternoon wave on Thursday and morning, and then obviously they turn around, they play in the morning on Friday. They could be at a disadvantage because it looks like there was a storm scheduled to come through, you know, Thursday night, Thursday afternoon, going into Friday morning and how that could be. I mean, we saw at the PGA or the players championship, how if you get a, a tough draw, it can kind of eliminate half the field. How are you kind of going to factor that into your, you know, making your bets this week and kind of talking about some strategy before we kind of get into our favorite picks here and go through the course a little bit more. Well, I think definitely with DFS, you're going to look to um, look at time started and, and group your players together accordingly, especially if it becomes like the PGA Championship. I don't want to do that too much. If there's a player I absolutely love, he's on the fringe of that bad draw. I'm still going to put him in the lineups kind of where around the ownership, I think. And I'm also going to bet him as long as the number is right. Like, there's some guys, like if Shane Lowry has a bad um, setup, I'm not really too worried about it because I know he can deal with it. Um, getting him at plus, 
you know, uh, 35 right now, like 35 to one. I think that's a great number. It hasn't moved like some of the other guys. So a player like that, I'm not too worried about, you know, some other guys who maybe their number had already dropped and then they have a bad draw, like say Jordan speed, you know, you're not going to be betting him at 16 to one now um, when you could have got him at 22 to one, if he ends up with the bad part of the draw. That makes sense. So let's, let's jump into um, the course a little bit. It's a Perry Maxwell design from the great depression has hosted, this will be, I believe, the fifth or sixth major championship it's hosted. I think it's hosted a bunch of USGA events from the USAM to um, mid, or, uh, mid-AMs and all these type of things. This course is used to hosting these major championships. I think it's been a, a true test for golf. Um, I think it's been a great course for tournaments and major championships in the past. What are your kind of thoughts on the course and how it sets up? And obviously, in the last couple of years, Gil Hans did a redesign on it. It sounds like he took some trees out. Uh, opened it up a little bit, and then brought back the, the creeks. Um, there were creeks going throughout the, the the course, and now those are more in play, and those can create some more hazards, obviously, for players if they're not. You know, the creeks were kind of hidden before, it sounds like, and now they're obviously in play as water hazards. So I think that kind of comes into a factor because the players are going to have to avoid those. Um, I, from what I saw, like I watched the fried eggs kind of course – Overview, it looked really like a really nice course. Like it, it hilly, obviously, by the name Southern Hills. But also, you know, it seemed not too tight, but it seemed like it was going to be a true test of golf. Like it's going to be – like I don't think we're going to see like the winner go like 20 under like we did last week at, at the Birdie Fest on the PGA Tour last week. So what are your thoughts on Southern Hills? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I love the look of the course. I love that they brought the creeks back in. It reminds me a lot of Ireland and Scotland. Um, you get a lot of courses over there where you have water running through the bogs and water running all over the place. And it's important to control your golf ball. You really can't do anything if you're offline a little bit and the ball is going to roll. It's going to it's going to be fast. It's going to be 90 degrees the first two days. The The rough is shaved down in areas. Um, they brought the creeks behind greens. So you so if you don't control your shot, you catch a wind gust, it's going to go in. And that's going to be interesting to see players recover from what was a good shot. The wind caught it. And next thing you know, it's in a creek. So um, I'm excited for that. I think it's a great test. I think uh, guys like Cameron Smith that maybe got a little lucky at the Masters with some of his drives where he could get out of trouble. I think this could kind of affect him um, if he's way offline, because that's the thing. If you're way offline, if your misses are, are so far out, that's when you're going to get in trouble with the trees here because they took away some of the trees, but there are still trees that are in, in your angle going into these greens and the greens are relatively small. They're up, you know, they're hilly, they're, they're pitched. Um, you could be coming from the wrong angle, catch the wrong angle of the green. And next thing you know, you're, you're down in a Creek. So I, I'm excited to see how these players attack this course. In your best bets column, which is up on the athletic right now, obviously, you kind of mentioned, you know, what are some of your, you know, the key factors you're looking at for whether you're, you're building a DFS lineup or you're taking, making some bets this week or doing your office pool. What are you looking at from on, in terms of players that you want to see succeed this week? Well, you know, normally at a major championship, you're, you're looking for guys that can take advantage of par fives and then make, make par on par fours. And I don't think that's the, the way to go this week. The two par fives are monsters. They're three shot holes. So in reality, you're going to look at guys that, that are good with their wedges um, because they're going to have to score with their wedges on the par fives. 
And then you need guys that are going to uh, lead lead the tour in strokes gained on par fours over 450 yards. The par fours are monsters. Um, they're hilly. They're gonna you're gonna have side hill lies. You're gonna need to score there, one way or the other. Um, a lot of guys are, are probably gonna set themselves up for good pitch shots. Um, a Matt Fitzpatrick, who is unbelievable scrambling, I think he comes more into it that way because it, he's gonna have 225 yards into a lot of these greens. So he's gonna have to be really good around around the greens to to play well this week. Um, I think strokes gained on approach more than 200 yards is big because of the long par fours. And also the par threes are over 200 yards. So scoring on par threes over 210 yards is big. Um, three of them are are in that area. I don't think they're the easiest par threes. Um, I'm interested to see what it looks like as far as uh, the prop bet on hole-in-one for the tournament. <laughs> I was dumb. I took, went the other way at the Masters, uh, which was silly when there's always hole-in-ones at the Masters on that 16th. But here, it might be a little interesting to, to go with a no hole-in-one at minus 120 or minus 125 based on the wind and based on the course, the way it sets up. Um, so, And then pl- playing from the bunkers and around the green should, could be key, too. Okay. I just looked it up on BetMGM, and, and hole-in-one is at minus 160 on no already. So... Probably lost your value on going against the hole in one this week already. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, especially since uh what uh Morikawa already had one in practice. <laughs> I, I I would not bet on a hole in one this week, just my gut feeling on that. If you guys have questions for Dennis uh or myself, uh feel free to throw them in the chat. Uh we're gonna get to those after we kinda go through our, our best bets and then kinda answer your questions for you. Um you may we published your best bets column today. We or yesterday we just published your DFS column. Who are kind of like some of the players you're looking at to finish in the top twenty, have a really good tournament, maybe not be a winner, but also have a really good week that people can use, whether it's in their office pool, their DFS pool, or you know, making some bets. You know, uh, right off the bat, I, I love Justin Thomas. Um I just think he sets up well for this course. It, you know, he's been all around the leaderboard. He just hasn't been able to win since last year's players. I think he's going to be very popular. So I would be a little careful in DFS with him because, you know, a lot of people are going to look to save money. um, So they might go down to him at 10,700, but you're getting great odds at 16 to one on Justin Thomas this week to win. And I don't mind that bet at all. Scotty Scheffler, you can still get boosted in some places. Uh, I mean, Twice the number one player in the world has won here. So Tiger Woods won, Nick Price won when they were the best players by far on the tour. Scotty Scheffler is the best player right now. It isn't by far. I think it's a slim margin over John Rahm and a few other players. But taking him at plus, if you can get him up to plus 1,400, I think I think that's a really good bet on a player that has everything you want for this course. He's great on par fours. He has a great short game. Um, can even make birdies with his with a wedge in his hand. Uh, I love Shane Lowry. I love him for a top 20 bet. I love him uh, for a make-the-cut bet. I love him for a lot of things. Uh, and I took him to win at plus 3,500, 35-1. You really can't go wrong with a guy with the Open Championship winner. Hideki Matsuyama, early on, you can get him at 40-1. At to 1. Now he's down to 28-1. to 1. Looked amazing last week. Looks healthy. 
great spot for him here, I think, especially as a Masters winner. The course fits him. He likes side hill lies. He likes all these things. So an interesting player. Joaquin Neiman disappointed a lot of people last week. This week, I'd say go ahead and put that ticket again in again. Uh, I'm hoping he gets over the course Sunday scoring and gets back to himself. Uh, getting him at 45 to one for a guy who's driving the ball as well as anybody else on the tour. Great with his irons. His short game's been unbelievable. Played great at the Masters alongside Tiger Woods, which must have been nerve-wracking. So I'm looking for him to make a push this week. Um, I put Daniel Berger there. You can still get him at like 55 to one, but at that price, I don't love him. I had him at 65 to one when I published the article. And, you know, at that, I like him. I think he's an interesting pivot play in DFS because he's right next to Shane Lowry, who I think will be popular at 8,700 and Joaquin Neiman, who comes in at 8,500. So Daniel Berger could be an under the radar play, especially in like single entry tournaments. You have Billy Marshall here, and he's one of the big. Like, to me, when I watch him, he's either he's either throwing darts and making great, or he's throwing a fit, and his body language just goes to goes to heck. And he just obviously he has some issues with his anger sometimes. Does playing a player like that? Are you more probably going to play him as like a win bet or a top ten more likely than put him in a DFS lineup just because you know he could be. You know, it could be like he could have a great tournament or he could completely blow up and just be out of the tournament by Saturday morning. Well, that's so funny. If if this tournament stays low scoring, then I, I like Billy Horschel as a – and that's the reason I'm betting him at 100-1 to 1, uh, to win. You know, he, he'll play himself right out of the tournament. Like, I, I don't like betting him for top 20s and top 10s in majors because you see what happens. He goes the other way, gets, gets angry, and I'd rather just bet him for the win and hope – that I can hedge off of him or, you know, pocket a really nice payday. In DFS, even even when he plays well and finishes well, he doesn't score that well. You know, he's not going to make eagles. He's not he's he doesn't he he makes up for it with a short game with his putting. He makes a ton of pars. So that's why I don't love him for DFS. I kind of I really like him as a, as a bet at 100 to 1 based on his play the last 2 years. The problem is I, I literally was talking to someone earlier today and they're like, well, if it's like the Masters, he stinks at the Masters. Why are we going to take him even at 100 to 1? So it's a, that's an interesting take on it, especially if the course is a lot like the Masters. So, uh, but 100 to 1, I can't go wrong with, with Billy Horschel right now. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And I think you bring up a good point and we, and we keep referencing prices, especially in golf betting where the markets change so much. Make sure you're shopping for the best number out there. Uh, before we came on the air, uh, Coach Esther and I were talking about, you know, we were talking about the Tiger Woods prop bet, which we're going to get to if he's going to make them miss the cut. But we've noticed a lot of price changes in the last, you know, two hours, three hours, you know, as this is coming out or yesterday when the prop, the prop came out. Um, so make sure you're shopping for the best numbers because it does make a huge difference in the long run if you're profitable or not betting on sports, to be honest. And it's something that, you know, we should probably, the athletic, you know, focus in on is like price shopping is really important. It is, it is a huge part of winning or not winning in sports betting. So we just, it's not the, the sexiest thing. Obviously it's not the most fun thing to do is and go check out 16 different books or 15 books if you're in certain States, but you know, it, it does make a difference if you win or lose. So just make sure 
we're talking about BetMGM numbers because they're our partner, but make sure you're looking for around the internet or at your different books to make sure you get the right number because there could be, you know, booths or players that they like. And it, it kind of comes down to the different odds makers because they all have different ways of making golf odds. So, Yeah, I mean, I, there's some interesting bets out there with boosted numbers. Uh, going offhand on Bet365, right now you can get Xander Shoffley, who had an amazing weekend. Um, I personally... I'm not betting betting him this week, but if you are going to bet him, you can get him boosted up to 28 to one at Bet365, which is a number that interests me. I'm like, wow, you know, that's a that's a pretty good number, especially with a guy like Patrick Patrick Cantlay, who had great numbers going into the week, and then all of a sudden now he's down to 16 to one in some spots. So you know, a guy who was under the radar now you can't even get him at a good number. So you, you go ahead and go to go to Shoffley and say, okay. 28 to one. That's a good, good price tag. Maybe I can use that later on um, down the line on Sunday. Use it, use it to hedge against. You never know. So uh, definitely keep shopping. You can find some really great numbers out there. Yeah. Just for comparison, Xander is 12 to one at BetMGM. So that's the huge difference in terms of pricing. Um, I know as Dennis does a lot of hedging on Sundays. He's always following the follow the final groups if he sees. You know, if he has a, a handful of tickets and he can lock in a profit, I think that's a good strategy, especially in golf tournaments where there's a golf tournament almost every week now. You know, it's something that you can do is, you know, you can you can hedge a lot if you have the right tickets and they're at the right price. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, yeah, um, for the listeners out there, uh, one thing you'll notice when you're hedging, you're playing late, uh, Justin Thomas's numbers, the books are scared of him when he's near the lead. You are not going to get a good number. That's why 16 to 1 is a good number on him because if he's anywhere near the lead, he's going to be like 4 to 1, 6 to 1 to win. They, they're just scared because they've been hit before at 40 to 1 uh, back when he won the players, uh, when he when it looked like he wasn't even in shouting distance. So, you know, certain players like that. And KH Lee last week got him at 8 to 1 as he's going into that par 5. Um, so, you know, there's some, some, some really good numbers out there if you just keep your eyes open. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's, let's dive in. Um, just a reminder, if anyone's in the room, feel free to drop any questions you have. Um, if you're playing Survivor, um, if you're doing one and done, uh, Dennis loves those questions. I know I like uh, following his uh, progress this year on those. Uh, if you have any other bets or you're doing any other DFS stuff, please feel free to drop any questions or comments in the chat. We'll get to those after we go through our winners. Um, so who's your pick to win? And if you had to pick one and – why, I guess, is, is the big question here for you. <laughs> well, my, my pick to win is his Scheffler. I can't get away from him. Uh, I just think his game fits this course. You look what he, what he did at the Masters, his short game, everything about him right now. Uh, his iron play still really good. I thought maybe he'd let off the gas a little bit with his irons after the Masters, but they looked crisp last week. It, it was just a birdie fest. I think this might suit him a lot better. Um, being locked in in a major, Ted Scott's going to have him ready to go. I, you know, like they said, the the gates have have opened for his game, so it's tough to go against him this week. Um, so Scheffler's my pick to win. I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Spieth won with what he's doing right now. Um, I w- I was really upset for him for that three putt on ten last week, but hopefully he's over that. I, I really don't know what he's doing with those short putts. Looking at the cup as he's going is just so strange to look at. So, but um, yeah, I'd I'd say Scheffler's still my pick. 
Do you think? Yeah. I, I, when I watch Jordan, it's it's almost is he getting some putting yips, and is he trying to get away from those yips on those shorter putts because he's missed one. He missed one at uh, RBC Heritage as well, right? He had a, he yeah. had a three putt similar to that. We've seen he, this from him the last couple, you know, months. Is, is it the yips or is it like it's so weird because he was such a great putter early in his career? Exactly, and, and you know, even when he was a great putter. People used to say you had to keep your eye on him because he would get lax on the short putts. He does, he, you know, he doesn't line them up quite the same way. He doesn't grind over it as much. Um, I, I think he does have a, a mental block right now with those short putts. It, he, he was going down the hill eight feet for birdie, and it looked like he was going to win the tournament. And next thing you know, he three putts. It, it was just unbelievable this week. It's a huge concern for me because when he was winning tournaments, he was making those long putts. He was making the clutch putts when he needed to. He was cleaning up from inside five feet very easily. Um, even when he was making some putts this week, I noticed they weren't going center of the cup on some of the shorter ones, which obviously sometimes with the camera angles, you miss that. But, you know, PGA Tour pros, they should be hitting the middle of the cup from four or five feet most of the time. So that's my one concern with Spieth. Um, like you said, it's, if you're going to bet him, bet him pre-tournament because there's no way his odds, if he shoots up the leaderboard on Thursday or Friday, his odds are going to drop just like JT or any of these other big name guys. So I would, obviously, if you're going to make a speed bet, which is obviously fun because it's always fun to watch Jordan Spieth play golf. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would do it pre-tournament, pre-flop, because I just don't see his odds getting long unless he has a bad round on Thursday and he suddenly starts going back on Friday. No, and BetMGM right now has the best odds on him at 20 to 1. So... You know, I would definitely take a look at that. Um, I think I'm going to just chime in kind of with my one under the radar bet. And I, I think Connors is the one that's caught my eye. And it's he's 66 to 1 at BetMGM. I mean, he's finished. And I was doing some research. John Hayes and I, who usually does these rooms, he's feeling a bit under the weather this week. Um, we did our office pool picks, which I've done. Going back, you know, even before I was in the sports betting space with my uh, with my colleagues at my previous jobs, you know, I when I looked at his numbers, he hasn't finished lower than 26 since the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He's a great all-around player. I think this course, like we've talked about the similarities to Augusta in this course, he's a great Augusta player. I think this course is just really going to set up well for him, and I think at some point he's just going to break through. Um I mean, he's finished top 15 in three of his last five tournaments. Um, I think the putter can be a little hit and miss with him, but I think that's with everyone, and I think you have to make putts to win a major championship. I'll just throw that out there. We know that, and, and we are big strokes gains fans around here. We use data golf. We use, you know, models around here to look at how players are actually performing versus what actually goes in the hole around here. I think that we know that if you're going to win a tournament, you're probably going to have strokes gain putting no matter what. Um, so that's, I mean, I'll just throw out, I mean, I think if Corey Connors gets hot with his putter this week, I think he's going to be in contention. I love having a 66 to one in my, in my wallet on Sunday. If I, if I can hedge off of that or, you know, ride with it. I, what are your thoughts on Corey Connors? Cause he's the one who really stood out to me. Like for example, Bryson DeChambeau, who we don't even know if he's playing in the tournament at 66 to one. He just had wrist surgery less than a month ago or four or five weeks ago. So I just, like, I'm just big fan of Corey Connors in the spot of the number. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I like Corey Connors. I like what he can do. I think the number is interesting more for a top 20 bet. 
I just I don't see Corey Connors winning a major right now with the way his short game is. I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself. Um, if you're gonna bet him, bet three six five has a boosted number on him. You can get him at eighty to one right now. So I, I know some people are going there to get that number. Um, for me, I'm looking at him more as a top twenty bet. I think you're right. You know, he plays Augusta well. His irons are unbelievable. He's great on long par threes. Um, he's great on these long par fours because of the fact that, you know, he can hit his irons high and come into those greens without rolling out. Um, so I, I really like Corey Connors. I just don't I don't see him winning. And, and a lot of times I get in arguments even in, sometimes in the comment section when I take him because, it, like, when his game is really going, I'll, I'll put him as a, as a bet when he's at a decent number. And, like – but then I look at it, and the guys next to him are better winners. Like right now, like Max Holm is a 66 to one. He's a winner. Like he, he's got four wins in the last two two and a half years. Like I, I, you look at that and you go, I would rather take Max Holm. I think I think he's got he's a little bit better on Sundays. He's just he's obviously hot with the putter lately. Um, so I, I think if it's a 66 to one, I might go. I might lean more towards Holma, um than Connors right now. That's a good, good breakdown of why you you look through these numbers and you you price shop and you understand what's going on. Um, let's jump into some of the, the prop bets and Tiger Woods. Let's talk about Tiger first off. Um, first off, what you saying? It's amazing that Tiger Woods is playing golf. I think we saw. I was at Augusta all week. I mean, he was severely limping around on Sunday afternoon. I will just say that he was struggling to get around the course. Um, Augusta is a very tough walk, as we know, but. I mean, I think it's incredible that he's gutting it out the way he is to be in these tournaments and play. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on Tiger? And, you know, I we've seen the prop bets come out. I think the line is at plus, uh, plus 100 right now. Let me refresh my screen right now. But I think what are your thoughts on Tiger kind of coming into the week? Just And he's at 66 to 1 to win. You know, I, I mentioned it in the column. Um, I was looking for Tiger Woods to miss the cut. I wanted to see what that number was. BetMGM sometimes comes out a little bit late with their numbers. They, they're, they're usually in that big group of the bigger, the bigger um, books as far as putting out their numbers. And they came out at plus 115 for Tiger to miss the cut. And somebody put in $13,000 right away at that number. I came in a little later, got it at plus 110. I only put 100 bucks on it. Uh, you know, we made money at the Masters with him making the cut. This time I'm taking him to miss the cut because I just think this course is going to be that much more difficult for him. You know, top 70 in ties is not that hard to make the cut. I just think with the wind, with with the distance on this course and him walking the hills, I, I don't see him holding up for the full week. I think I think it's a good bet to miss the cut, but I wouldn't go past like even money on it. If you're if you're minus 110, minus 115. You know, are you really going to have fun sweating Tiger Woods missing the cut? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really like it. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised that MGM really has a lot of money on the line with Tiger Woods this week. Yeah. I think one thing about the Masters that we – and we kind of – we probably touched on this around our Masters coverage is that the Masters, you there's only 90, 91, 92 players in the field typically, less than 100. More than half the field makes the cut. Um, you have – five or six champ, previous champions who have zero, almost zero chance of making the cut. 
you know, Sandy Lyle, some of those types. Even Mike Weir now is not going to probably make the cut most years. Um, so that's why I really love the Tiger Woods to make the cut bet last at the Masters because he just had to be even par around there to make the cut, and that's what he did. I mean, he had a great, great Thursday round. He had a good Friday round. He survived on Friday, and then he just fell apart on the weekend. I just don't see him in a really large field in a round that could take a long time. He could be waiting around because there's some routing issues with how they move some of the greens and stuff like that, that you may have to wait to tee off. Like I don't see Tiger just being able to keep it together. And that's why I like it. At, you know, even at plus 100, you know, it's a good bet for him to miss the cut. So that's kind of why, um, you know, that's right. And, and we've kind of been following this all week. It was one thing we had circled as soon as those odds came out, we wanted to grab that one. Are there any other yep. props you like that are kind of floating out there? Um, you know, any first round leaders that you like? I mean, obviously we're waiting for the tee times. I don't think those have come out while we have been on the air here. Is there anything else that kind of grabs your eye? You talked about the hole in one prop. Yeah, the hole in one prop obviously went the wrong way for me. So I'm going to be staying away from that. Um, there's definitely some interesting ones. The books, a couple of books are offering um, winner odds minus top five players. So you can get Brooks Kapka at like, 35 to one and then take out the top five players in the, in the field. So no Rory, no Scheffler, no Rom, um, no Justin Thomas. Like those are, those are kind of interesting, fun ones to look at. Um, you know, you get, you know, if I have Matsuyama and I say, I think he's a top five and I get a decent number on him at one point, he was 16 to one and you take those five players out. I, I don't think that's a bad bet. Because when you think about it, now he's down to 20 to 1 to win, and you're getting him at 16 to 1 to win without those five players. If you take their scores out, I think that's an interesting prop. Um, another one, you're getting these boosted odds. They're just a little bit better than what I think they would be on first round leader combined with winning the tournament. So if you take Jordan Speed as first round leader and he wins, he doesn't have to be the leader in the second round or the third round. But he's first round leader and he wins. You can get him at over a hundred to one, which is like a fun little thing to do. Um, and it has happened before in the PGA Championship, so it's not something that's so hard to do. I, I think there's some players there that are super interesting. There's a lot of fun props. Really shop them. Look around. Um, don't go crazy. You don't want to be like the guy who shows up to the roulette board and bets on every single number and every single corner. Um, and meanwhile, they're playing to a negative. Don't do that. But, you know, if, if you like the player, make sure you get it at the best odds. Make sure you're looking for the best way to have some fun this week. There is one prop that caught my eye, and I'm just going to throw this out here. I have not price shopped this out yet. I have I have it at 12 to 1 on BetMGM. But given the weather, that the wind and the late, the late wind forecast on Thursday, I really like wire-to-wire winner couple of reasons why this course has traditionally had wire-to-wire winners um this is not a course where people come back uh from you know i think a a good start on thursday is going to be really important and traditionally in previous majors here like players don't come out of nowhere on saturday and sunday like this is a tournament that you have to grind through it make pars there's only like we probably should have mentioned this off the top but i we kind of glanced over it there is there's only two par fives they're not reachable in two and it's only a par 70. So this is going to be a make pars. You got to make pars. You got to make your putts when you have the opportunity to make birdies. 
this is like a grinded out kind of tournament. So I really don't see someone coming back, you know, shooting like a 63, 64 on Saturday or Sunday to kind of get back into contention. So I like wire to wire winner at 12 to one. I think it's a fun little bet. Um, I've been root four if we get there. And then, I mean, I, I really don't think there's going to be a hole in one. I'll just be honest. I don't think they're going to make the really long par threes. I don't see something. I mean, it's just going to have to be, there's no funnel pins like at Augusta where the ball is literally like they set it up so that you can have the ball go in. So um, that's something to keep in mind. Um, I like I like winner making a bogey on 18 here too. That that green is one. the green is so pitched um, from back to front. We saw Retief Goosen sink guys like that have have trouble putting um, to close it out. And I think players are going to be weary of going to the high side of the cup. If they have a two shot lead, I think they're going to leave it below the cup. They're going to, you know, miss it on the low side instead of going high. And, um, you know, it could definitely be bogey for the winner. That's a, that's a good one because only, I believe only Tiger was the only one to make par to win on 18. So that's something else to keep in mind. I think, yeah, this, that green, if you haven't seen 18th green, go check it out online. There's plenty of videos out there. Um, so John Hayes, who's kind of hanging out. Just sent me this. The, the tee times are out. We have Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, and Rory McIlroy in the same group going off at 9-11 Eastern time on Thursday. So that is a good draw, good side of the draw for all three of those guys. Yep. Um, should be a feature group on ESPN Plus coverage on Thursday. Um, what are your thoughts on that group and, you know, if we get some matchups out of coming out of that group for round one? Yeah, I think it's a really comfortable group for, for uh, Rory. I think Rory being with Tiger, they're really good friends. Um, you know, Rory playing with Shane Lowry. Like, I like to look for stuff like that with Rory when he's super comfortable on the first day. I think playing with Tiger can be comfortable for him. I think they, you know, they play a lot of rounds together. They practice together. They talk a lot about their workouts. Um, I think that's interesting. Um, I don't think it's as comfortable for speed. I think I think Rory off the tee can can spook Speed a little bit. I've seen it before in tournaments um, where Speed goes for it a little bit too too much when he's playing playing with Rory. So um, you know I I still like Speed. I just I don't think the first two days might be that comfortable for him. That makes sense. Okay. Um, any any final thoughts as we start to wrap up here? Anything we didn't cover? Any of DFS strategy you're thinking about this week? Any plays in those lower end? You know, for those six or seven thousand, all right, around you know, eight, seven thousand that we didn't. Obviously, we're not going to talk about those guys when we're talking about winning the tournament <laughs> or anything like that. So, any thoughts, final thoughts on lower end guys, sleeper guys that we haven't talked about? Yeah, I, I mean, there's some guys down there, especially for top twenty bets. I think are going to be interesting uh, that are low price DFS plays. I think Alex Noren at seven seven thousand. He's like the last guy I'm looking at for cash games. I also like him as a top 20 bet. I think he's playing really well. Um, showed up well on the la- on Sunday at the ATT by Nelson. Harold Varner, the third, has been playing great. Um, he's at 7K. You go below there. Jonathan Vegas was, was kind of like a dark horse last week. He didn't play well. He didn't putt well. Um, I think he's an interesting play at a lower ownership this week. Um, Robert McIntyre, 6,900. Kind of a forgotten guy because he's not always playing here. But he's played well in major championships as a young player. Love him at $6,900. And that kind of pivots you off of the $6,800 group, which I think is going to be popular with Sebastian Munoz, Matt Kuchar, Joel Damon, Davis Riley. I think all four of those guys, the 
you might have to bet it like the wheel. You know, you make your, your core five. If you're looking to add that lower price player, you look at those players and you kind of put those guys, put that lineup in and use one of them in each one. I doubt you're going to use two, um, you know, just because there's so many guys you want to get in your lineups. And then you go way down and Lahiri and Cage Lee are interesting at 6,500. I mean, Cage Lee, no way he'd be 6,500 if this was factored in after the win. That makes sense. That's a good, good, good tip because obviously, like, some of these things, like, obviously the pricing comes out for majors before the, le- the last tournament finishes, so you can kind of piggyback on some good performances and take some risks there, especially if a player is underpriced where they should be. Um, I think that kind of wraps it up for us on this. Uh, any final thoughts, Dennis, or any – Anything you're going to kind of enjoy watching this week or any holes that you really want to watch on the featured hole coverage or anything like that that people should know? You know, for, for me, it's just going to – it's exciting that it's in May and that all of these players are coming in, you know, in form. I think that's the most interesting. I want to see if Patrick Cantley can finally put it together in a major. Like, I have him in some spots. I'm going to play him in DFS at 9,100. I'm really interested – if he can get that label off his back of being the best player without a major, uh, uh, you know, that that's interesting to me. I also want to see if Scheffler can keep it up. Um, it, it, it's a beautiful course. Uh, it's going to be interesting the first two days. Um, I can't wait to see if the PGA teaching pro makes it, makes the cut, you know, could you imagine if Tiger Woods missed the cut because the teaching pro beat him out? That guy will never pay for a beer the rest of his life. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's interesting. I mean, that is another factor. Like, obviously, the PGA pros aren't going to get a lot of airtime because they're not going to probably be a factor in the tournament. But I think it's great that we still have these tournaments where – and that's the great thing about golf is you have players in their 50s and their 60s who can compete in some way with the younger guys. And then you have – you know, we've had 14-year-olds make the cut at the Masters. We've had younger players make the cut at other U.S. Opens and other things like that. Jordan Spieth played in the PGA Tournament, I believe, when he was 17. So I think there's these interesting dynamics that are at play, and that's what makes golf fun and wacky. And, you know, sometimes the rules are definitely interesting. And, you know, it's stuff like that makes, you know, golf really interesting to follow. So uh, thanks for joining us on the live room today. Um, Dennis and I are going to head out. If you have any questions for Dennis or myself, uh, go drop him in the comments on his best bet column or his DFS column. I know he's always hanging out in the comments. He enjoys hanging out with you guys and, and bantering back and forth with about golf. So uh, have a great week, and I uh, appreciate your help. Thanks for joining. Thanks so much.